Yo, this weirdo really starting a podcast? Yeah, girl, he been like that since birth. Always gotta do everything in the weirdo way. The weirdo way. The weirdo way. The weirdo way. And we are rolling. Welcome, weirdos, <laughs> to the Weirdo Way podcast. I am your host, Weirdo Way. Do me a favor, like, rate, subscribe, five stars, five stars, because if you're going to do anything in this world, you got to do it to the what? Best of your abilities. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. There are so many podcasts. I mean, there are more podcasts than there are grains of sand on the Makaska Beach. Yeah? (laughs) And you guys are here listening to me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Round of applause to you. If I seem more hyped than normal, you got me. You got me. I can't help it. It's a big Friday. It's Friday, first and foremost. Thank y'all for life. And a lot of big things are happening. One, Jermaine Cole dropped his new album, The Offseason Today. I haven't even listened to it yet. I am, like, savoring it like the last piece of cake. Yeah? Like, I am waiting. I'm waiting for the right moment, the right ride. Right? And I'm going to pop in. I'm going to play it. Pop it in. You know, shout out to back when you have to put in CDs and have to buy CDs. RIP to the CD industry. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to listen to it as soon as possible. But first and foremost, I am here for the WNBA tip-off today. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. You guys getting a bonus episode. Weirdos love the W. And yes, weirdos love the win, but we love the WNBA. At least Weirdo Way loves the WNBA. I'm going to give you a little bit of my history with the WNBA. I'm going to give you a little bit of a season preview. This 25th season of the WNBA. Wow, wow, wow. And then I'm going to give tell you guys why you should be interested. Why you should be watching the W. And of course, it probably won't be in that order. You know it's the Weirdo Way podcast, not the Normal Way podcast. But I guess let's get into it. Man, Weirdo Way Podcast. Lego! Yeah, man, you look into the Weirdo Way Podcast, you know, my straight out of Minnesota, you know what I mean? I say, number one, number one, number one. This, me can't believe my eyes. Everything raw, explicit, up and running. Take what me say, me I deliver it to your bum buckler. Do you understand me? In order to really understand my appreciation for what the WNBA is right now, you have to go back to the genesis of me and the league, right? <laughs> I was, they started, look, what, 1997? I was seven years old at the time. But I had just discovered basketball two, three, maybe three years earlier. It was a four or five years old. And I was obsessed. Like, basketball was my favorite sport. <laughs> but in a very obsessive way. I remember being in kindergarten and me and my best best kid friend Kenneth shout out Jolly Elementary man Kenneth I hope you're doing all right (laughs) we used to pretend that we were on the Atlanta Hawks but never break character so we would pretend that we were going to practice after the game oh you know coach Lenny said we got to do this drill like oh did you talk to Mookie Mookie Blaylock that is the point guard for the Atlanta Atlanta Hawks at the time and it was legit you could not tell us we didn't play for the the Hawks like we would keep track of like the box score and keep track of the schedule and how we were doing in the standings and we would really like it was crazy it was a finale Inside the NBA, that was a point with television for me. Ahmad Rashad. <laughs> and some of you guys are getting nostalgic right now thinking about it. You guys hear how happy I am thinking about it. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. And for me, it was like not even when this league came along, this WNBA came along, it was not even about whether they were women or not. It was like more basketball? Yes, please. Thank you. Like, I need more basketball. I couldn't get enough. I used to watch college basketball, NBA. Shit, I was watching Slam Ball for a time. For anybody who doesn't know, Slam Ball was this wild thing where you would like, wherever 
elbows, knee pads, and a helmet and try to jump from a trampoline as high as you could and dunk from and get different points depending on where you get, jump from. It was wild, man. So yeah, when this WNBA came along, I wasn't really concerned about the gender, right? I was concerned about these girls hooping, you know? They had the whole we got next situation going on to the point where the concept of a big three to me was old. Like for many basketball fans, the first big three they ever knew was either LeBron, Wade, Chris Bosh. But before that, there was actually Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Well, for me, the first big three I ever knew was Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, and Tina Thompson. That was a dynasty. They ran the WNBA for years. I want to say they got four chips. And I would say that Cynthia Cooper was LeBron. Cheryl Swoops was, even though she was supposed to be LeBron, she was Dwayne Wade, which is no slight to her. And then you had Tina Thompson, who was who was the Chris Bosh. She was a hooper too. Like They had everything on that team. I used to love watching them play, but just the WNBA as a whole. First, they would all play in NBA arenas, right? Which makes sense. I think every WNBA team should be in an NBA arena. One, as a point of civic pride, like we spend all these billions of dollars on these cathedrals of capitalism to sports. And we absolutely should have some sort of Title IX structure implemented where like if the men, if there's a men's sporting team using that arena, a woman's sporting team should also be able to use that arena. It makes These are publicly funded upgrades, renovations, creations. Why would we not have the women's sports leagues in the, in the arenas? But secondly, it adds to the ambiance, the atmosphere, right? You have a world-class product. Why wouldn't you put it in a world-class building to showcase it? Mm, frustrating. And I don't even want to go on this tangent about why in the hell are we funding these buildings in the way that we do as a society for ostensibly sports and entertainment, beer and circus, when we don't do the same for education. That's an episode for another day. But anyway, get all WNBA teams back in the NBA arenas as soon as possible. <laughs> but yeah, and then you would have them on these on TV, which is a huge part of it too, right? TV that was readily accessible to everybody. Like I was watching it on basic television. I didn't have cable growing up. My single mom was not splurging for that my single African mom nah and that speaks to another point about how having accessibility to the women's games having it on ABC and NBC and those type of channels really does do a lot to grow the women's game if the NFL somehow only showed on cable TV it would be a a much lesser product but they give you the regional games on CBS and NBC and and ABC so that we can have access to it because that's important for the game I wish the same thing could happen for the WNBA as well our TV was like one of those big screens for or big screen for the time it's kind of funny thinking about it now but it was like inside a frame you know and that was like state of the art you know TV mama probably got it from garage sale my mom was a garage Sell junkie. I remember building a fort. Like I would always be building like pillow forts and blankets all in front of the TV to watch everything. If it was a big game or a big television show or Saturday morning cartoon, which those were all big events, Saturday morning cartoons for sure. Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, Cubics. <laughs> if it was a big deal, I was watching in the fort. And if I didn't watch in the fort, it wasn't a big deal. It's simple as that. So imagine a Saturday like any other <laughs> in my fort, WNBA Finals. The dynastic Houston Comets are going up against the New York Liberties. And what came to be my favorite player of all time, Teresa Weatherspoon. Teresa Weatherspoon was this feisty guard who was, I mean, she was so dynamic in the how she played the game. And I just remember she was a fierce competitor. Reminded me of AI in that sense. All right, so WNBA Finals, best of three series, right? Which, God damn, that's a tough one. Houston at this point has won two titles already. 
and they were up one in the series. So if they won this game that I'm, that hooked me to the WNBA and made me a lifelong fan, they would have gone on to, you know, their third championship and just swept the New York Liberty. I don't remember the back and forth of the game, but I know it was on NBC. And if you guys remember the NBA on NBC to me is like, peak NBA be I hope they don't sue me for that it might be licensed music but dear Peacock please don't sue me I'm just a young startup podcast trying to make it <laughs> I'll risk it off of the pie and the NBA on NBC was everything I'm to this day I would still walk with my hands like I'm walking through arena with the background like in my head I'm goddamn 30 years old <laughs> and that just added to the entire intensity of the game. You had Houston up one in the series. They won this game going home champions. Or should I say staying home champions? The game was in Houston. And that arena was going crazy. I mean, it looked like you could have told me it wasn't an NBA final. That's how intense it looked. The Houston Commons were up two points. The confetti is already falling from the, the rafters and the crowd is going crazy because they're about to get their third championship. There's two seconds left in game two. Teresa Witherspoon gets the ball, runs up the right side of the sideline. Big heave, bucket, bank is open. Everybody goes deathly silent except for the New York Liberty and me in my goddamn living room tearing stuff up, like throwing pillows all across the room. And that shot, that day, that game, man, Teresa Witherspoon became number one in my heart and the WNBA was right there with her. Now, unfortunately, this story has a sad ending. Teaspoon actually went on to never win a championship. They lost that series in 99, 2-1, heartbreaker. And then, yeah, she just never was able to get a title. But in loving basketball fashion, is that one of the greatest sports movies of all time, loving basketball? Anyway, I would say it's probably my favorite romantic movie. It's like that, Hitch, 500 Days of Summer, I'm not doing this right now. But yeah, Teresa Weatherspoon played that game from my heart and they won that even if they never got a championship. <laughs> it actually brings me to one of my more controversial takes that a lot of my friends hate when I bring up that the playoffs are kind of a joke. Like they're kind of meaningless. They're kind of useless. They're, I mean, they're fun to watch like as a made for TV contrivancy, but what do they really mean? Like, hear me out. You have this large sample size called the regular season, right? And basketball is 82 games. And baseball is 182 games. Um, and football, it's 16, 17 games now, which is inhumane, but another episode, another day. You have this large data pool, right? And you're going to tell me, ah, uh, at the end of the season, none of that matters anymore. The champion is going to be whoever wins this weird formatted best of seven, best of five, or one, or worst case scenario, one game sample size. That's the real champion. What? That doesn't make any sense in American sports. You throw out this big, large data sample size, and you're like, no, the real champion is who can win this this goofy tournament that we're we're only creating for TV ratings, right? And we're going to put this mythology around it where, like, ooh, you won the most championship rings. You're the best ever. Okay, so by that logic, Robert Ory is better than Reggie Miller because Reggie Miller never won a title? No, absolutely not. Like, there's great players, all-time, otherworldly, great athlete players who've never won a ring, and that doesn't make them any less of a player. Like I think of right now, Damian Lillard on his current trajectory will never win an NBA title. Do you think that that means that somehow Steve Kerr better than Damian Lillard? Absolutely not. Just He's just on a better team. I think about this in baseball where it's designed to be random. How can you hold against somebody that they don't, they haven't won a World Series 
when the series is designed, the playoff is designed to be as random as possible so that everyone gets a fair shot so that you can maximize TV dollars. It's not about merit. It's about TV ratings. All that to say, Teresa Weatherspoon, number one in my heart, one of the, should never, ever, ever have the fact that she has not won a WNBA title diminished her greatness, right? And anybody who would like to debate my take that the, that the playoffs are a contrivacy and really should mean nothing, uh, hit me up at Weird Away on Twitter and Instagram. I'd be more than happy to discuss and teach my no playoff doctrine. <laughs> well, we can have playoffs, but we have to admit what it is, is my thing. Like, just just acknowledge what it is. It's not a real meritocracy way of deciding anything. But it is sexy as fuck for TV ratings, right? And you can charge three times the amount for tickets, 20 times the amount for sweet seats. You know, it's it's good for ratings. Advertising dollars, you can charge exorbitant amounts of money for that. Just don't pretend that it's like the end-all be-all for who is the best or any real measurement at all. But you know what league has made the most drives in making their playoff more so uh, indicative of the quote-unquote best team the WNBA they've done some really creative cool stuff around the playoff format and they're definitely leaning all the way into the idea that Americans love playoffs <laughs> they have the single elimination first and second round for like the lowest seeds there's absolutely no arbitrary nonsense like conferences right like what for people who don't know conferences were established back when airplane travel was more of a thing right it was harder to do so you had all the East Coast teams play each other or the Eastern side of the United States play each other. The Western side of the United States play each other. And those are called conferences, right? And it was easier to like schedule travel or whatever. And today's day and age where you can get from, you know, L.A. to New York on a private jet in, you know, a lot faster time. The idea of conferences make no sense. The NBA is like, no, after our large sample size uh, seat, regular season, the eight best seats, regardless of um, conference play each other and that's a more equitable way to that's a more fair way to do this but what else is new the WNBA is always on the forefront of leading change societal change okay so maybe you still are like all right weirdo that's a cute little glance down memory lane but I'm still not with this whole WNBA thing all right I got a story to tell in this next segment we're we gonna go ahead and debunk line by line a lot of what the common haters got to say about the WNBA if by the end I can't get you all to unprogram yourselves and play Pledge to watch this season with me. Weirdo, a person who is extraordinary, strange, or eccentric. Alright, so I got a story to tell. I'm sitting in a barbershop awaiting that beautiful metamorphosis that occurs where a black man goes from wolfing to fresh cut. You know, the crispy line often accentuated with a razor that leaves the customer feeling as sharp as the blade used. That cut price also serves as the cost of entry to the comedy, debates, and spirited array of conversation that often erupts in the barbershop. This is a real true embodiment of the marketplace of ideas infamous Supreme Court Justice Oliver Holmes was talking about. To my Caucasian brothers and sisters who maybe don't know what wolfing is, um, I promise you we're going to come back to the barbershop and the First Amendment and Oliver Holmes. We got a whole episode in like episode, like two episodes. So just wait on it. Or if you like, we're the way you had us waiting forever for this last one. Um, first of all, ooh, business. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, ain't nobody paying for me yet. Thirdly, if you really can't wait, go ahead and type 8.8.8.8 into your browser and get assistance that way. Okay. 
<laughs> so, as I'm sitting there, I hear a comment that burns like a alcohol rub after the clean shave or to punctuate a fresh fade, just to really run this whole barbershop metaphor into the ground. Anyway, a customer in this marketplace of ideas shouts out, the WNBA is boring as fuck. You couldn't pay me to watch that shit. Quipped at me after I expressed excitement to go home and watch this spring's WNBA draft. Seemingly without missing a single beat, the entire barbershop reached a decisive consensus. They all agreed. That's a real rarity for a black barbershop. <laughs> God, I love it there. Low-key, the most sad part of losing my hair will be finding an excuse to still go. Now, being a weirdo requires you standing alone on the right side of history at times. Being okay with sharing, debating, and defending your truth in territories both friendly and hostile. <laughs> Oftentimes, you're going to be presenting the most unpopular and unfamiliar opinion in the room. And that's just what it is. Thus, I'm no stranger to this whenever I talk about the WNBA. And yes, of course, I've heard the WNBA spoken about like this my entire life. But it still grinds my gears each and every time, no less. Once I get past my initial frustration, let's call it. My first retort is usually pretty simple. Have you ever watched the WNBA? Like sat down and watched the entire WNBA basketball game? And of course, the critics' answers are always this variation of the same few tropes, although they all, I'm sure, believe they're being original. Usually, I might get an honest no, and I ain't gonna watch it, which, I mean, okay, that's cool. Appreciate the honesty, but that's akin to like a little child crying about broccoli, but they never tried it, <laughs> you know? Or truth be told, you know, that's how I feel about people who say they don't like pineapple on pizza. I'm like, mm. I was that kid, you know, once where I was like, yeah, pineapple on pizza nasty and then i grew up right and now that's my default order like your, your taste buds hopefully grow up and you're like wait a second there's something to this whole sweet savory thing <laughs> actually i had the same thing happen around sushi like i remember being like ew raw fish and now i'm a regular at the sushi happy hours catch me at a uh, wakame sushi uh sushi rp the sushi tango or kiku i love kiku too dope happy hour gentlemen if you want a good date night spot that's not gonna break the bank i highly suggest kiku happy hour or late night menu thank me later matter of fact we gotta get that that up with some of the date night rankings. Anyway, all these critics give me some story about how, oh, I gave it a chance. It didn't last two minutes, which to me is wild. You could turn to any sport, any random two minutes of any sport and be bored if that's the sort of weak effort you're going to put into it. Come on now. Even a quarter, like any football Sunday, you could turn into the NFL and be bored out of your mind with a quarter of Browns, Jags being 3-0 after, you know, like they actually, that's why they invented the red zone, right? So you don't have to sit through the annoyingly boring amounts of football that there actually is, you know? Okay. Open parentheses, side note. Did y'all know there's only like 11 actual minutes of football? <laughs> like the NFL is able to sell three hours of programming for 11 minutes of action. <laughs> It's insane. Even more than that, if you count like the pregame and postgame shows, 11 minutes live football in play action. <laughs> what are we doing with our Sundays? Gosh. Anyway, close parentheses. So that's a piss poor excuse, which really brings me to my larger kind of a societal observation that I'll like shrink to the micro just to fit my WNBA cause here. Like what we decide to invest our time, energy, money into rarely is merit based. A lot of times it's just want to, you know what I'm saying? Like we trick ourselves into believing that it's all merit based. Reason why I spend more time watching the NBA because it's more exciting. No, the reason why you watch baseball because it's more exciting. And again, as has already been previously stated on this show before, there is nothing like going to the wonderful, 
downtown Minneapolis and stopping over at Target Field for a game. Watching baseball in person is dope. Get boozy, eat food, bullshit with the homies. Stumble out to Jack's or Gold Room, depending on your cultural scene persuasion. <laughs> Which is not a slight about you, right? Like, uh, Jack's has this incredible rooftop, real dope staff, gorgeous, gorgeous bartender. Gold Room has the music. They really cater to the culture there, so that makes it a dope experience as well. DJ Ray Mill on the ones and twos. So, I mean, it's just whatever you're feeling. I'm not making any aspersions about you. I'm just saying. You might even feel like going to get on the stripper pole at Sneaky Pete's. That's just how it goes some nights. A real ratchet with keys and ties at exchange. I mean, it's your prerogative. <laughs> but baseball? Really? You think that the excitement of baseball is cumulative to the amount of dollars they get from TV? Absolutely not. It's not about merit. It's about want to. No weirdo way. The reason why the NBA doesn't invest more into the WNBA is because it doesn't make them any money. And you know businesses in America are all about money. If there was more TV dollars in it, maybe the NBA would... No, no, no. That is just false narrative. Truth is, major corporations dump copious amounts of money into R&D projects that never see the light of day, ideas that fold like a cheap tent in a hurricane. <laughs> Hell, if I'm not mistaken, Uber has been operating from a multi-billion dollar debt since the beginning. I believe it's to the tune of like $6.7 billion. Uber's not going to dissolve themselves simply because they're in massive amounts of debts, and businesses are not going to stop pouring resources into products that will never see the light of day, or that don't perform well if they believe in them. Why? Because they want to. They believe in those ventures. And for whatever reason, as a society, we have decided that we don't want to invest our time, energy, money into women's sports. I believe the real root of solutions lies into digging into why don't we want to. To the NBA's credit, they have done more in recent years. I was very proud to see what the ladies were able to collective bargain in the last agreement. The NBA has been doing more to support the history, stability, and tradition of the league. There's no way that the Houston Comets should not be a franchise in existence right now. Or the Sacramento Monarchs, or the Miami Soul, or the Cleveland Rockers, or the Portland Fire. <laughs> I think it's the Fire. Should have folded, right? The incredible Detroit Shock teams who had um, Katie Smith and Swin Cash. Those franchises should still be in existence and not be moved around every few years. You have to do more to establish the stability in the W. You know, like imagine if the New York Knicks or the LA Lakers just got up and decided to move to Tulsa. Relocation in the NBA is such a rare spectacle. I want to see that for the WNBA as well. But still, it's not where it needs to be. If you really believe in a product, invest like it. Even if, I don't know the numbers, I haven't seen the books, but even if they were operating at a loss. Why? Because the greater good, because what you believe in is worth it. Because you recognize the value in supporting women's sports. When you dig into like the crux of the critics' arguments about women's basketball, it's all just drenched and soaked in chauvinism, misogyny, sexism, and homophobia. And to be clear, I'm not even saying this only comes exclusively from men, though that's who I hear it from the most, because these sorts of ideas of chauvinism, whether it be sexism, are so baked into our very society that, yeah, you can internalize it. It's the same way that black people can internalize racism against black people. It's the same way that women can internalize sexism against their own gender. When I say it's dressed in homophobia, I can't tell you how many times I hear something along the lines of, oh, that's a lesbian league, man. I ain't trying to watch all them butch 
boys play, all those butch women play, man, come on, man, it's all these lesbians in the game. So irksome to hear. For instance, the women of the WNBA did this great roundtable with ESPN's undefeated media, and they did a great job of explaining, like, men are allowed to exist in their athletic sports arenas without having their families be constantly thought about or bantered about or their sexualities or their partners or their spouses being questioned, right? Like, if you think just because an active NBA player has never come out as homosexual, that there has never been a homosexual NBA player, I got a, um, how Frank Ocha said, uh, I got a beach house I could sell you in Idaho. <laughs> Don't sue me, Frank. But yeah, it's like crazy that people will use their sexuality as like a slight against them somehow that it makes them less of a worthy of athleticism or to be praised for their athleticism. Like if Steph Curry came out as gay tomorrow, would it make him less of a, the greatest shooter to ever play the game? Like, do you really watch the game? Like, oh man, he's so good. I'm glad he's straight. What? That's that's asinine, right? And the oddity and the hypocrisy is like the idea that these women are portraying masculine, quote unquote, masculine traits that you enjoy in men athletes, but don't want them to portray in the women's game while simultaneously saying that the women's game is not enough like the men's game. <laughs> like the mental gymnastics it takes to be that wrong is beyond me. Wildly illogical, but I guess that's what all those hate-based ideologies are, whether it be racism or homophobia, you know? Even the idea that the WNBA is not full of beautiful women is just wrong. First of all, who taught you that strong is not sexy in a woman? But second of all, there are some WNBA players right now that I definitely crush on. Taya Cooper, DeJanae Carrington, Elsie Dungy, Lexi Brown, who I don't know if she's going to be on the roster. She just got cut by Chicago, so hoping she makes a team. Kayla Charles. <laughs> this list is getting long. Let me stop. All right, so, but um, when I watched, when I fell in love with the game, it wasn't about if it was a man or a woman playing, and the damn sure wasn't about when they go home, are they fucking a man or a woman? Why would I care? Why? No, they hooping. I like to see good hooping. I love to see good basketball, and the WNBA brings that to me by and large. Are there bad games? Of course. Have you seen every single game of an 82-game NBA season? Exactly. There's reasons for that. There's bad NBA games games too. I'm not going to typecast the entire league because of it. I mean, I've even heard from women things like, oh, I just don't like watching women play sports. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to really sit and examine with yourself. Why is that? What is it about my nurture that's taught me, my programming that's taught me that it's not okay to enjoy women accomplishing athletic feats? For men, I get it. We are a very fragile ego uh, species. <laughs> you know, like I always say that men just have really good PR agents, right? When it comes to sensitivity of the ego, go, oh my gosh, it's not even close. You know, if you want to do gender stereotypes, it's not even close. Men do things to women and expect forgiveness for things that they would never think twice about forgiving a woman for doing. <laughs> I always also joke that like the only time a man can really show his full spectrum of emotion and not be have his sexuality called into a question is at a sporting event. Like at a sporting event, you can cheer, you can hug your friend, you can cry if your team misses a field goal from 27 yards away versus Seattle Seahawks in the Legion of Boom that would have sent you to the next round of the playoffs and closed TCF Bank Stadium right while you're live in attendance and you see it from the side so you thought it went in but it was wide left it wasn't even close. <laughs>
you know. Um, you can scream. You can be like all these things. Your full spectrum. You can feel all your feelings um, and not be like, oh, he's suspect. <laughs> Which is super sad because men are emotional beings too. We just don't express it in the healthiest ways because of nurture. And it is that same nurture that will not allow you to enjoy a woman's game. Because in this patriarchal society, you actually subconsciously or consciously believe that she shouldn't be playing in the first place. You believe that her place is where? In the kitchen or making babies, right? <laughs> like as primitive as that sounds, that's what you guys that's really what it comes boils down to in my opinion i just want to take time and speak to hoop fans hoopers in the men's game the big cry now is like oh all they do is sit back and shoot threes the game isn't physical anymore the game is soft it's crazy when i hear that because i'm like from may to september october the women have all that you have post play you have elite guard play you have different styles right like in the nba everyone's shooting all these threes every night and it's not really it's a really homogenous as a style now in the WNBA, you have variances of styles you have bigs who dominate still you have post play you have footwork you have spacing the fundamentals are on display all the things you claim you want in the nba today the wnba gives you in abundance that's how i know you guys are not actually watching the games before you critique it that's how i know you haven't watched a game since the second bush administration <laughs> and it's unfortunate because this is a really entertaining game and has so much potential to grow and getting a little bit more about the specifics of the teams that i can't wait to watch this season but with this being the 25th year of the WNBA, this thing is here to stay, man. I really believe that it only goes up from here. I'm going to be on the right side of history on this. And I want for you to be on the right side of history with me. It's fun to be on the right side. Like, <laughs> and this game is fun. And this game deserves your support. Instead of when you hear it, the first thing you think of is what's wrong with the game and why you don't like it. It reminds me of this Nike ad. You know, it says the only thing that's wrong with the NBA, the WNBA, it's not that they don't have enough drama or they don't have enough skill or they don't have enough MVPs. The only thing that's wrong with the WNBA is that you're not watching. And it's like, how could you not root for these women cape up for so many of of the most important social issues of our time. They rise to the occasion again and again. Breonna Taylor, Kelly Loeffler getting out of the Senate. I mean, these women helped turn Georgia blue. Do you understand what that means? <laughs> and flip the Senate. Um, LGBTQIA plus rights. You guys can't see when I'm patting myself on the back for nailing that. These women always cape up for us. All I'm asking that you do the same for, for them. When you hear them talk about equal pay for men and women, I can differ in the margins. Or we can differ in the margins of what we mean by that. But that's labor rights. And what I keep on, one, one concept I want to keep on stressing here is that whether it be black people in Minnesota, low women getting low pay in the workforce, a rising tide raises all boats. When women in sports get equal pay to or equitable pay to men in sports, everybody wins from that. That's labor relations. That's labor rights. It has always baffled me that a nation of laborers can never rally around labor. <laughs> like maybe we're getting incrementally better now, but I mean, I understand a lot of dollars and policies and misinformation and propaganda went into making us hate unions. And that's an episode for another day. But um, these women are fighting for labor rights. And whenever you see that, you should by and large see yourself and your parents and your cousins and your family. You know what I'm saying? And the other thing I need you guys to understand is that it's not like I told you all in the beginning. It's not about merit. If it was about merit, you think the U.S. women's soccer team would be making less than the U.S. men's soccer team? Are you serious? Have you seen the U.S. men's soccer team? Probably not because they never qualified for a fucking tournament. Sorry, as a soccer fan, they're getting crazy right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, the women's team dominates. They are at the top of the top of the game. They don't get any. They're suing the U.S. Federation for equal rights, for 
equitable pay. All I'm asking is to y'all to take a pledge with me. Try to unprogram yourself and take all your preconceived notions of what women's sports was or is or what it should be out of your mind and watch, follow a storyline. Pick a team, right? I'm going to tell you guys a team that I'm picking besides the Minnesota Lynx, four-time, 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 kind of four-time champions of the WNBA. Minnesota, we on. That's our actually our most successful franchise. And as somebody who's been to a lot of those finals games, I know Minnesota shows up and shows out the hometown squad. Knowingly so sometimes. I'm in a couple of message boards and ooh. <laughs> I had to join all these message boards for WNBA because I'm trying to talk to my friends about WNBA and they're like, uh, sir, you know we don't watch, right? <laughs> you gonna get these takes anyway. Somebody gonna get these takes. Join me, widows. Take the pledge. Pick a team. Pick a player. Pick a storyline. I'm going to help you with that in the next segment. And follow them through the entire season because you want to see women's sports grow. There's all sorts of studies that tie the strength of women's sports in the country to the overall success of the country. But just do it because you want to. We're talking about want to. Make the decision that you want to follow the WNBA this season. And if you can't bring yourself to make that decision, you got to ask yourself why. Like, really, why? And if you're being honest with yourself you'll find yourself coming back to themes covered in this segment again and again it's the widow way podcast y'all blow up blow up shower blow up like hotter than my pressure cooker pot hotter than my mother pot yo man make sure you listen to the bumbuckler right away plus class you know me i said real real bumbuckler thing you get the full thing yeah so anything you want we give it a true the adventic messages when i want nothing back blow up blow up blow up more fire burn it burn it burn it Okay, so without further ado, rapid fire, WNBA, <laughs> I can't wait. You guys should know my adopted team is the Las Vegas Aces. I love everything about what they're building over there, from the coach Bill Lambert all the way to Liz Cambage, Aja Wilson. Their front court play is dominant. They have a sixth woman of the year, Dierica Hamby. They have the streaky Jackie Young in the starting lineup. I mean, this team, Kelsey Plum, but really it's just so dope to see a throwback Twin Tower type of offense, right? You have Liz Cam- Beings and Asia Wilson, they could run the high low. This and Asia, of course, are both highly skilled bigs, right? So it just makes it fun to see post play. I miss, I miss post play. I cannot believe that the Los Angeles Sparks let Chelsea, the point guard, Gray go to this aces um Derek Fisher needs to be fired for what he's done to the Sparks he fumbled a bag he fumbled a team with so much talent and now they're going to be on the outside looking in in my opinion um I think I'm going to schedule a game to go to Las Vegas and watch the aces I was going to do that last summer but uh I definitely want to try this summer that's my new adopted franchise my my hometown squad right now is uh they're not looking too hot I think that there's a lot of potential for growth and you can't ever count out Cheryl Reeves right but they got all these new additions of course you lost Lexi Brown and Odyssey Sims you add Kayla McBride to go with Ariel Powers and Rachel Bantam in the backcourt of course you add Natalie and Chunwa to go with Sylvia Fowles and company in the frontcourt and really you have a really formidable team on paper I think it's just going to take them a little bit of time like any group you know you got four you got the norming the storming the forming and yeah they're gonna have some growing pains but they should find themselves strongly in the playoff picture when the season's over I think the Lynx will make a deep deep playoff run um of course you have the perennial powers like Connecticut Sun will be there. Seattle Storm with Brianna Stewart, who's a generational talent. She'll be there with uh, the Hall of Famer, uh, Sue Bird, who the quintessential floor general, right? With that uh, Kobe disciple and pupil, um, Jewel Lloyd. So that team's going to be special. I also like the Connecticut Sun. Connecticut Sun, of course, have my darling Dijanae. Their star is John Quell Jones, the Bahamian beast. She is going to will them to a lot of games, but they lose their engine, their heart, their soul. Alyssa Thompson 
Thomas. I've seen her straight up will that team to games they had no business being in. That is a huge loss for them, but somehow, someway, they always find their way near the top. I have no idea what to expect from the Chicago Sky, but they have Candace Parker, which means they should be good. Um, two young teams that I'm excited to watch. Like These teams are going to get me to stop every time they're playing on link pass. It's going to be one, the Dallas Wings, right? I feel like they have so much young talent. They're, they're dripping with it. Dear Satu Sabali, Erica Ogumawale, their front court headlined by this year's number one WNBA draft pick, Charlie Corlier. They had Chelsea Dungy in the backcourt. I mean, this team just has so much talent that if they don't at least make it to the second round of the playoffs this year, they have to look at a coaching change. It's, it's too much talent to be picking in the top of the draft every single year. That's my second team is going to be the Atlanta Dream. I can't get enough of uh, Kennedy Carter. Uh, the Atlanta Dream, I used to be a big fan of them when they had Angel McCartry. Um, also, shout out to her, man. She just had a season-ending injury. And if you know anything about her, her history in the WNBA Finals, it has been a rough one. I really was hoping she would be able to get one this year. Angel McCartry used to have some epic duels with Minnesota's own Maya Moore. Maya, of course, being one of the greatest winners of all time and Angel being one of the best players right behind her. We wish her a speedy recovery. But yeah, the Atlanta Dream have decided, fuck position basketball. We are just going to put five hoopers on the court and we're going to go with it because I don't even know how they have enough basketballs. Let me tell you, this team has Hollywood Kennedy Carter, right? They have Ari McDonald, who was the tournament sweetheart for the NCAA's women's game last year. She, they have Odyssey Sims, right? Who's a ball dominant, just straight hooper. Get you to the, get you a bucket when you need it. Tiffany Hayes, who's a former uh, WNBA first team. They just have so much, so many hoopers and not enough basketballs. I don't know how they're going to do this, but it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch because it's either going to be spectacular or it's going to end in disaster. Those are the only two ways it can go. <laughs> but chemistry is going to be at a premium for this team, so I can't wait to see what they do. The last champion before the wobble, the women's bubble, was the Washington Mystics, and that was one of the more fun WNBA finals I've ever seen. Of course, their undisputed star is Elena Della Don, one of the all-world talents in the game today. He played through like a disc bulging in her back during that finals. They were led by it, but played Playoff Mies, Emma Miesemann played some of the best offensive basketball I've ever seen men's or women in that WNBA Finals. After a season full of Natasha Cloud and Della Don uh, opt-outs, they all are back this season and they add Tina Charles, which means that that team should be a powerhouse. I don't see a way that they don't end up at least to the semifinals, except for I don't feel that confident about them i don't know we'll we'll see what they end up being they're all a little older now and maybe that maybe that plays into it but you should already know if you add tina charles to an already stacked roster you should only get better so we'll see what happens with that the new york liberty they showcase sabrina inescu the media darling out of oregon she is special she's a special basketball player i don't know what her ceiling is and i think that the liberty are still in the midst of their rebuild so i don't even know how fair it is to ask her or ask them to be in the playoff picture when it comes up but uh they should be a team that when you have sabrina inescu you're going to have eyeballs so people are going to be watching and talking about them I already touched on the Sparks. I really don't want to give them any more airtime because what Derek Fisher did was atrocious. He really should not have that job anymore. And until they address that, I don't want to talk about NECA or anybody over there. They also boast a darling Taya Cooper. They're a perennial powerhouse. They should be better. Unfortunately, I don't know 
for Derek Fisher as your head coach, I don't know what you can expect out of that. He could go undefeated this year for the rest of the season, and I still would not change my position. Derek Fisher should not have that job. And I don't care what they say. Candace Parker left because of Derek Fisher. Chelsea Gray should still be a spark. That team should at least have two or three more championships on their resume than they do. But Derek Fisher got the job because of name recognition, and now he's fumbling the franchise. So last and most certainly the least, the Indiana Fever. I have no earthly idea what they're trying to do over there, but I do know I will see them in the lottery. <laughs> They'll be picking number one or number two for sure. And uh, if I was a fan of the Fever, I would be watching the college women's basketball game very feverishly this year, trying to see who we're going to draft number one or two. Okay. <laughs> Phew. All right, we're done. I think we got every single team. Every team is accounted for. Um, the WNBA wrap up. That's twelve teams off the dome, y'all. <laughs> and we're definitely gonna do the update you know we're going to come back and later on and uh let you guys know where we are in the season because i'm going to get this league pass 17 dollars one time you can watch all these teams pick a team follow them on social media support the w some merch and if even one new WNBA fan is created as a result of this podcast i'm gonna go to sleep a happy man so help me sleep and let's go weirdos we love the w weirdo a person who is extraordinary strange or eccentric Yes, yes, Weirdos Love the W is in the books. Episode 3, which really could be episode 4 or 5, depending on how you count. And it does come out before episode 2, part 2. And of course, episode 1 is still in the chamber or in the ether. I can't find it. I, I, whatever, the long story. <laughs> but uh, also, in the meantime, if you guys are going to take the pledge to support the W, the next game is going to be May 30th versus the Connecticut Sun. It's on the same day as the Twins play. And you can get a ticket for that afternoon game and then go watch the Lynx play. Why not, do, why not make it a whole day? downtown day you know you could get a twins ticket for five dollars i mean that's the same price as a foot long maybe i'll even get lunch or brunch at a rooftop beforehand make a whole day of it make it a downtown day for sure support this city man we're grieving right now but we're coming back we're gonna try to shake back and get back to the minneapolis we all know and love we moved the studio so i can't say my downtown studios anymore but we're just outside so i'll say that we recorded this this episode today in our downtown adjacent studios <laughs> and by studios of course i'm my bedroom closet <laughs> produced edited and recorded by yours truly you guys know your favorite podcast they have a long list of people who engineer it and mix it that's all me i'm a one-man band right now so pat on the back to me and stand innovation to you you guys have been giving me such great feedback and you guys really motivate me to keep going so i'm gonna keep going and uh tell a friend to tell a friend to share the podcast listen like rate and uh we'll be back with you guys soon weirdo way out <laughs> <laughs>